Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Everybody, welcome to the World Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tailford, joined by Rachel Shackleton. Hello. And joined by Josh Brown. Hello. The biggest news in the world is what? happening. Heck. Everybody. It seems that Bungie and Activision have split up after oh. a loving relationship oh. of a good nine years. Which side are you on, Scott? I'm definitely on Bungie's side. Yeah. I mean, I, you messaged me last night in all caps, just going, oh my God, check Twitter, <laughs> Jesus Lord. And I was in the middle of a good Darksiders session, but well, I left that it's because to see what was going on. literally prophesied this news. At half past four yesterday, Scott Tilford <laughs> slacks me up and he says, hey, did you know that uh, Bungie's contract with Activision is ending next year? And he was like, what What? What happens after that, Josh? What happens after that? We need to do some editorials on it. Then later that night, look what happens. So well, if anything, it's your fault. It might, well, it's good. It's a good thing. Yeah. This is literally like some sort of captive escaping the basement and breathing again so I'm pretty glad that they're out there what are you guys' initial reactions Rachel what was yours um, my initial reaction it can only be a good thing um, I, get- I, I did not really like what they were doing in recent years like didn't like <laughs> didn't like Destiny didn't I like- don't think that many people did yeah and so because uh, I, I was talking like many times I'll go back to the Master Chief collection and play some old school Bungie and I'll remember just how wholesome and passion filled those games were um, and then it's not to say that Destiny doesn't have aspects of that Destiny's art direction is amazing and graphically, well, yeah. all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, and there's little aspects of lore that are in there. Um, and obviously in the coming weeks or whatever, we'll probably get some big deep dives. Kotaku will probably do some sort of uh, investigation as to the exact pairing off, uh, the way that that sort of game rolled out, like exactly how much was Bungie and how much was uh, Activision. But it is worth, like you said, like kind of passing out, like Destiny has not been regarded very well even since the beginning. No, it's, well, it's, it's a weird one because it well, has got its fan base. Yeah. And it has a lot of players yeah, yeah, despite yeah. what Activision said. Activ- bad sales to Activision are like the best sales to yeah, to everybody publisher. else. Yeah, yeah. everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, obviously there are people who love Destiny, but for a lot of players, me included, I don't know about you guys, but it never gripped me in the way mm. that I wanted it to in the way Halo did, even though the core shooting of it, and like you said, a lot of the art, a lot of the lore, it's really good, but for some reason, it just didn't quite come together mm-hmm. For me personally, yeah, your um, your your keyword there was as much as you wanted it to. That was mm-hmm. the exact same for me because mm. I bought it because my friends had it, and then I got two because there was all this hype about it. I was like, oh, they've learned, they've, they've learned, everything. two will be better. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think because I really wanted to like it and just didn't, it was disappointing. Yeah. So how many hours ish have you guys like put into it? Like, did you? Because for me, it was the same thing. It was like, oh, this plays immaculately, and I want to give it a good chance. And I remember really trying to give it the benefit of the doubt because it was like the new IP, and because it's Bungie, I was like, well, I want to give them the, the benefit of the doubt. And you watch all the 
making ofs of Halo and stuff and you see the, t- the same team members carry mm-hmm. across um, and so playing Destiny 1 that whole thing with the Grimoire cards and the lore being in the loading well being on an app and being on the website and I was like ah oh, it's fine like there's probably enough in there you can just pick yeah. up no it was very much threadbare <laughs> and then as Kotaku sort of revealed it was mainly down to actually Bungie at the time deciding to rework their story the last yeah, minute yeah it was a really difficult development process mm. for that because it was going to be originally completely different it wasn't going to be a first person shooter then at the end it all like eventually came into place mm-hmm. they discarded story uh, the main story about six months before and had to piece it back together yep. it was just kind of it was in a way it's, it's got sort of a miracle that that game was as good as it mm-hmm. was considering how much trouble it had yeah, to develop yeah. it because I was going to I was going to say yeah that's why I was talking about like hours invested because did, did when you guys played that did, you, did it mostly just feel like it was just a loot grind it just felt kind of soulless um, I Played. I got Destiny One when the I'm going to say the Taken King is that what it was? That was really fair, yeah. Destiny One. Yeah, that was yeah. the first time got, they had a nice bunch of cutscenes, and it seemed like that. Yeah, had more Taken story King. Content. I got it. So that was like the third expansion. I'm going to say I got it. So quite late on. So mm-hmm. it was already established, and then um, people were already playing it. I got to I got to end level, mm-hmm. and I did maybe one raid. So I didn't play it that long. I played it a decent amount. Mm-hmm. Um, Destiny Two. I played one evening. <laughs> But well, are we, are we right about similar there? Right? Are we yeah. right about Taken King being Destiny One? Because uh, it was like Curse of Osiris and all that kind of stuff. Yes, yeah, yes, Taken yes, King. Yes, yes. That, Taken King's Destiny One. Is that what it was called? For some reason, it's, it's definitely called know. the Taken King. But right, either, okay. either that, this speaks to the wider problem because there's so much DLC and plugged in stuff. Obviously, they were trying to hit certain assumedly published uh, publisher mandated release dates with their main installments, and then they just sort of released DLC to try and make the, the DLC. Work. It was because um, they re-released it as part on the disc mm-hmm. as well, so it became Destiny: The Taken yes. King. Was yeah. was yeah. Is that what you were going to get? Into? I was going to say, yeah, that, that's sort of where the Destiny 1 sort of like ship started to mm. sort of write itself and people were like, actually, there is something really good there that mm. if it keeps on getting supported, we can really enjoy. And they kind of gained a lot of respect back from that point onwards. I played Destiny for Destiny 1 mm-hmm. a decent amount. Yeah. I, I was in there for the alpha. I remember being so excited. Same, actually, I, was, yeah. I was like, so <laughs> and I was playing through the missions and I was yeah. like, well, there's going to be way more than this at least when it comes out. And I was Do like, you remember that? That's all it is. Do you remember that? Like they put the yeah, it was like the alpha and then the beta, and it was like, well, they must have more. Yeah. No, they didn't. No. It was just that again. Like that, that was the weird, that was the first inkling that something was really wrong, yeah. which is this complete lack of content. But speaking of uh, goodwill, kind of coming back to it, um, the recent DLC, the Forsaken stuff, the stuff with Kate Six going missing and stuff, um, that apparently tripled their player base. Mm. And so, um, I hear good things. Yeah, and yeah. so yeah, same. And so I actually reinstalled Destiny Two last night in the wake of all this. So I was like, I just want to because <laughs> I've always loved the shooting. I and I love Bungie. Like they're just my fa- like one of my favorite devs. They should be a naughty dog. They should be. <laughs> way up there yeah. and it sucks that they're not at the minute um, but yeah in terms of goodwill it seemed like Forsaken brought a whole bunch of people back and if you go into uh, bungietracker.com or whatever and you look at the player numbers um, it seems like they had about 800,000 players as of like last April-ish mostly across the, uh, the year um, which wasn't enough it actually fell from a hole it was like 8 million at one point <laughs> across the lifetime um, but it had fallen all the way down and then assumedly the stat that they put out was that it had tripled it so assuming that's a good healthy plus million number yeah. Yeah. probably not enough to Activision but it, compared to Call of Duty <laughs> well or that's the one the last report no it was um, I think yeah for the four second DLC mm. Activision said it didn't sell as well as they wanted it to right. even though a lot of fans really loved it mm-hmm. it seems like it was getting on the right track I think with that bit of DLC it was just a bit too little too late for Activision mm-hmm. it was like well we're not seeing the numbers we want and even if this has sort of tripled the player base or anything mm-hmm. it's still nowhere near the level that we need it to be yeah. which is 
like outrageous for one, just but I don't, the weird expectations they have. Yeah, it's like at what point do you, do you draw the line under like business mentalities and corporate mentalities and making money and just greed? Like, because yeah. we've seen Square Enix do the same thing. And I was going to make the comparison to uh, IO Interactive, who split away from Square but kept the Hitman IP because uh, Square Enix were just like, well, we don't care. It's not making enough. Even though Hitman is a known quantity, people know Agent 47 yeah. like in terms of iconography. And they didn't care. Look where that is now. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's yeah. like, I mean, the, the, ga- the new games are the best ones going. They mm. have the resources to make it fan first kind of thing. Um, but it's interesting thinking of IO Interactive, who used to be associated with publishers and this big AAA thing, but it's yeah. actually with a very small, well, um, uh, like in, in the grand scheme of things, a small studio. Yeah. And now Bungie are like almost an indie studio, but this, with a massive IP. This is the fascinating thing to me, because when um, they split up with Microsoft mm-hmm. um, over a decade ago, the reports, again, from Jason Schreier was that they were cheering and popping champagne, and it sounds like <laughs> they're doing the exact same thing now. Yes. And they've done this twice mm-hmm. over the past, like, 10 years. Mm-hmm. They've got into bed with a big publisher, and it hasn't really worked out for them mm-hmm. for whatever reason, creatively speaking or yep. whatever. I don't know. But it hasn't worked for them. So now do they get into a bed with another publisher, or do they try to embrace this sort of That's one of the, that they've got? the fascinating thing, because you remember, like, you're a big Halo fan. And well, so, ooh, I don't you were call me fan. a big Halo fan. I had Halo I will quote Rachel Shackleton, Halo 2 is my jam. <laughs> Halo 2 was my jam. I played Halo it 2. I played Halo 3 on the 360. I mm-hmm. loved that as well. But um, 4 didn't have that same spark. I'm going to say 4 was... When, that was when it first got handed off to 343. Right. So you could kind of uh, tell. Got you, yeah. yeah. So you could tell there was a big difference there. I, mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't play ODST or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, played Halo 5 recently. It was okay. So I don't know if I They never managed to bring it back. That's the thing. You yeah, can tell the difference. Yeah. And so that's the thing. Like they, they initially split from Microsoft back in 2007. And everyone was like, oh my God, what are they going to do? Because Halo was at the height of its popularity back then. Um, Halo 3 just came out or whatever. I think it was in the same year that Halo 3 came out. Maybe that was 2006. Either way, they split from Microsoft. And then we still got <laughs> Halo ODST and Halo Reach. Yeah. But that was yeah. Them still fulfilling, I guess, contractual obligations to Microsoft, and then it was like, well, what are they going to do next? And then they just signed with Activision in 2010. And even if you predate the Microsoft stuff, like you were saying, it hasn't worked out for them. I would obviously say that Halo worked out for them. Well, that's but, the thing. Like, uh, it obviously it worked out for them. Yeah. It made Bungie like the massive name yeah, 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 yeah. why so many people care today. But I guess by the end of that, when they were just doing Halo, obviously they were kind of, at least in their opinion, sort of creatively stifled. They were like, we yep. don't want to work on Halo anymore. We can do whatever we want. And then I think. The same thing has happened with Activision. Well, let's talk about what we want to see them do. Like, what do you what do you want to see them doing now? I think they want to take everything that went well from the Activision <laughs> games. Like, for example, like eventually the um, the multiplayer in, yeah. in in Halo Five was great. Oh, hang on, no, that was three four three. You want to go back to Reach? Was, was three four three? One. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Reach. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't actually play Halo Reach, but I hear good things. It's oh, very it's good. So good. A lot of people um, say that's the best one. I would. That's madness. Kind of. You'd be one of those people. A lot of younger know, people maybe, come, you know. come flying in saying the Reach is the best one. It's because that's what they grew up with. Yeah. That's their Halo 2 or 3. Because I grew up with Halo 3 and uh, Reach. Right. And Reach right. was when I was sort of really into Halo, which is weird. Yeah. yeah. I, I did play the originals, uh-huh. but I, for some reason, I maybe because I didn't have online gaming back then, Halo 2 didn't grip me in the way, and I was kind of disappointed with the story. Halo uh, 3, I was more into Call of Duty at the time. Then Halo Reach was like the that's one. That's what got you That in. was the one. Because right. Halo 2 was your introduction to the series. I'm just a little bit behind you, I think I'm a little bit older than Josh. So. That's, but that's so interesting, though, because like only a few years separates like a generational approach to it. Because like you and Ewan both came in, I think, on three and then Reach, and maybe ODST to some degree. Uh, well, yeah, I played two, but I wasn't really necessarily right. interested. In Whereas like I remember the Xbox launch and Halo being this massive deal, yeah. and then oh my god, Halo Two is going to be online, and it was like, all these like seismic things. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. Talk about what they're going to do next. Like you know, Microsoft are in this massive stage right now where they're trying to buy up a whole bunch of studios. There are people outside of us descending <laughs> oh, from the, the window. The window is 
which won't make any sense to the audio recording, but someone's trying to clean our windows, not to yeah. worry. Um, so yeah, so if they're going to try and recapture that, Microsoft are in this big old, like sort of, I don't know, status right now where they're trying to like recapture a whole bunch of uh, different studios. And we saw them snap up Obsidian and uh, I forget what you call the other one that they got. It was in exile. In exile, yeah. And so it's like, are they going to make an offer to get Bungie back? And tell you should what, they do it? Tell you what, they absolutely should. Yeah. They're doing all the right things because let's be honest, 2018 was the year of Sony. Mm-hmm. So Microsoft are doing all the right things to uh, combat. As a hell, because I was thinking Combat Evolved. Combat you might evolved, say, hell, good Lord. But also I think <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, you, you could, a lot of people associate Bungie with Microsoft, yes. even though obviously Destiny was multi-platform. But if they went back to that, then that benefits them tenfold because all of a sudden Bungie products are part of Xbox and Microsoft showreels again. And that's a massive deal for yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, and plus they would then be able to say that a new Bungie game is coming to maybe the Xbox Scarlet or whatever the next it's Xbox be a is. huge deal. Yes, but is that Bungie being a fool for the third time? That's, or like, should they stay independent and see how big they can yeah. get? Can they become a CD Projekt Red or something like that? Yeah, because like, they could maybe. get back with um, Microsoft, like you said. Obviously, mm-hmm. the Microsoft they split up with is not the Microsoft they are today. Mm-hmm. The True. Bungie that split up with Microsoft is not the Bungie that's there today. So yeah. there will still be a, a sort of a renewal of that relationship in mm-hmm. some ways, but it could be very beneficial. I don't think they make the same mistake three times in a no. row. I think they will try to be independent for at least a little while, mm-hmm. see how it fares for them, and then maybe in the future, maybe then they can talk. Because I, I have a bit of an inside baseball question. Did you guys, when yeah. you started getting into Halo, did you follow the making of stuff and follow Bungie as like a team, like in terms of like all the videos they used to put out in the dev diaries and stuff? Did well, you follow well, that? Back those when things? Halo 1 came out. Not Halo 1, but well, any of like... them really. It was mainly just across the 2000s. Like, did okay. you know the people, like Joseph Staten and um, what's his face? Um, I can't even think of his name, the composer dude who ended up leaving. Oh. <laughs> he made some of the best music in gaming history now. I can't oh. think of his name. It's no. not, is it Michael Giacchino? It might be someone else. Uh, it's Mario O'Donnell. And um, yeah, Mario O'Donnell. You're good with names. Thank you. It's because I love the man. He, like Literally, the, the Halo theme is like the best video game music yeah. ever. But um, that was what I was going to mention. Did you guys keep up with that stuff initially? Or no, at all? no. I, I'd call myself a lukewarm Halo fan. Good, that's at, good. At best. Uh-huh. That's good. How about you? With me, it was only afterwards. It was right. uh, sort of in retrospect. Because you talk about, like, we talk about uh, Bungie potentially being like an independent studio or going their own way. The, the love that people have people quote unquote have for them is maybe generationally based mm-hmm. and only if you kept up with them as a group of devs kind of thing across the 2000s like some people watching will remember the specific they put a great dev diary out uh, when they first showed Halo 2 off at E3 and they just got to they would say oh my god people actually love it and yeah. like oh they, we've actually lived up to the hype and all that kind of stuff I mean say what you will about the ending but whatever and oh, so like oh, oh, I mean I do I love it it's fine oh, oh. but <laughs> when they initially put it out there was this huge surge around like we're with you we're totally with you as this group of people and they'll need to tap back into that if they're going to go forward without publisher marketing spiel and all that kind of stuff how much do you see them doing that oh, well, it's like, it's or do you see them as like the destiny really devs in- that's exactly it it's really interesting when you say there's sort of a generational divide because mm. there will be people potentially even watching this who view Halo as three four three Studios as franchise and <laughs> Destiny as Bungie's which yeah is, is sickening sort of weird but but not to not to poop on three four three altogether. Not. But I, I, I actually quite like them. Yeah, they're fine. but uh, yeah. So like <laughs> like I said before, the bungee of today is very different from the bungee of sort of their glory days. Mm. So I don't know if they still have that same sort of push behind them. That fan, I'm sure the fan base is still there in one form or another. But they're not at the heights of just leaving Microsoft no. and being able to do whatever they want. They've sort of had these two games. Some people really love them. Some people have not cared for them mm-hmm. at all. So it's I'm 
fascinated to see what they do next because I don't think it'll be a first-person shooter. Do you? Do either of you see yourselves going back to Destiny in the wake of this? Because I oh. immediately downloaded it and I was like, I'm going to support De- Bungie now and not Activision. So yeah. in a world where I have too many games to play, absolutely fucking <laughs> not. So I think. Sorry. No, no, I think um, that's totally important though because yeah. that speaks to the overall like how you yeah. think of Bungie kind of thing. They need to. Yeah. Bungie need to win the love back. Yes, I think that's what it is. That's the thing, and in, in terms of like a, I love using the word optics. In terms of optics, they need to. In, in terms of how they're perceived by the the gaming industry or you know consumers and stuff, um, how much can they separate themselves as like actually we were trying to do the best we could and a lot of it was Activision's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the reality of that's going to come to the fore in, in the next few weeks. Um, but there's already an assumed publisher or the horrible like corporate mentality and devs or the artistry and yeah. there's already that kind of thing that they can not necessarily play into, but it might work in their favor. They could quite easily play into it in a way. I think. Yeah, you're like well, all that all those terrible business practices were Activision. Yeah, want to give you a DLC? We, we don't want to do it, but. You know, we won't do it in the future. We wanted to keep Peter English and they wanted to know the North. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, like, yeah, I mean, I guess, because um, they, they did put an announcement out about um, more Destiny. They said they'll still be supporting it, obviously. They still own the IP, and it's, like, got hundreds of thousands of people still playing it. Well, of course, it. they'd be yeah. dumb not to. Yeah, so, so do, you, do, you think, do you guys think that you would be, they, you would come back on board if they did a Destiny 3? Or do you think at this stage they need to make a clean break don't, and do something else? Don't ask me that. You know the answer. <laughs> It'd be a new IP for you, I think. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. 
And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. The new just IP something for new. me, I would yeah. try, yes. Destiny, unfortunately, I just... I mean, you can't like every game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I think that's fair. For me, I, I didn't click with Destiny 2 at all. Like, I played a decent amount of Destiny 1, mm. but I remember the first night I got Destiny 2, and I was just... Even just though it was story-based, mm. I, was, I wasn't even invested in that. I was tell like, you what, tell you what, tell you what, the start was very good see I didn't like the start the start was very the, good the whole thing with goal and like the is it the, the first mission when the and the compare place is being sieged the, compare, yes PC. compare that first hour of Destiny yes. 2 to the entirety of oh, Destiny don't tell me this Rach that I didn't even like that bit never mind we, what well, the, but that's the thing the, in terms of in my like, opinion yeah yeah well no you're, you're right in terms of they really prioritised the story and like that was what they showed off at E3 that was what they showed yeah. off everywhere it was like now it's got a campaign and then but that just boiled down to big evil space alien wants to kill stuff still and then it was something it, it was, was more than what was in the first one. It was epic. Yes, and then we didn't have um, was it Ralph, was it Ralph Fiennes doing that stupid voice thing, the old yes. man, and he was like, I don't have time to explain why I don't have time to explain. <laughs> oh, was that Ralph like, Fiennes? I don't know. It was some old actor man, but um, the t- terrible lines like that, like I didn't even know this could happen yeah. until it did. Yeah. It's like, what is that? <laughs> like, and that's on Bungie's part. Like, yeah, that's entirely yeah. on Bungie's part. There are some uh, things to be held up in terms of the, what Destiny is, yeah. and that still didn't land. Like, the wizard came from the moon. Entirely Destiny. It's right. not like Activision are mandating them to do worse dialogue, and so. <laughs> Like, you know, there, there are, like, a lot of people, are, I mean, including us, are, are completely going, well, clearly this is the best thing ever. Yeah. But if you actually drill it down, <laughs> Destiny was Activision a mess. Like, Go on, charge $5 for this cosmetic <laughs> DLC and also mess up this line. Yeah, can you just sort of, like, that, that really well-written thing that you had, Joseph Stanton. I mean, Joseph Stanton's not even with Benji, Bungie anymore. Um, he The last thing he wrote was Recall, and that he was the dude that was one of the most integral parts of why the first games used to work. Um, so maybe it's another sort of question as to, are Bungie who we think they are anymore? Mm. Because um, they're caught between they're the Destiny devs and oh my god Destiny. I hope not. No, I hope I not. hope they change. I hope they try new things because mm-hmm. innovation is oh we need it. We need it. We need more indie games. Yes, I would say so. In fact, that, that's a very lovely little pivot into talking about the way that indie games have sort of came along this generation because we've seen like the rise of. I mean, obviously indie de- um, indie games have kind of come into their own. Kind of just mostly since 2010, you've got the games like Limbo and Super Meat Boy and Fez and well, like Braid or whatever. Sort of like mm-hmm. being like these are more put together things than just the sorts of things that we had towards the end of the 2000s yeah. um, and now like there's almost a term like double A or whatever you sort of give yeah. to which I don't like but you give to <laughs> games like Abzu or Journey or well not Journey because it's not indie but some games yeah. that have independent mentalities but which one? Cup- Cuphead Cuphead kind of although it was, it was published by Microsoft mm-hmm. but Studio HDMR did start themselves and all that kind of thing yeah. um, but that's what I was going to say like with this sort of increased like platform for indies is that the new like B tier of gaming that we're missing because for the longest time this gen it was big triple A's or nothing at all yeah, and now there's a whole middle bit, I which think, is maybe what Bungie can fit I into. I think there is, but I, I can't see Bungie quite fitting into that. Mm. To me, they're sort of on the level, pro- more, 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 more so. More so. Spell. Oh. a thing. I'm, I'm having a breakdown more over here. So. It's fine. More so. We're just recovering from on, shocking news. I know. Well, they're on the level of a CG, CD Projekt Red mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, they, they can sort of operate in this AAA space without sort of needing sort of the money from like a huge, huge publisher. Yes. I think. So they're not quite in the double A sort of standard. I think they're a bit too big for that. Oh no, the Destiny IP is AAA. Yes. Um, But in terms of how they monetize their fan base and how they go forward, like, are they then regarded as a AAA developer? Like, yes. Yeah. But I'm curious about team sizes and where they go and how much Destiny, in terms of optics,
Wikileaks is regarded as this big Activision platform right next well, to Call of Duty. This is this is where <laughs> things get muddy. I'm, I'm having a crisis. Freaking this, out. This has been the news all day. This I is know. where things get muddy because although Bungie did develop uh, Destiny 1 and 2, mm-hmm. as we know, they weren't the only developers on there. They no. had huge help from Vicarious Visions and High Moon Studios because these games were a massive undertaking. So now that they've split, mm. when you're talking about like sort of player sizes, they're going to need a lot of people to work on this franchise mm-hmm. but they've also got another deal with um, NetEase I think to right. make another game yeah so they just signed that yeah they just signed that last year so where do they get all the personnel from they had <laughs> help from two other studios before uh-huh. I don't want to see them sort of spread themselves too thin. I want to see them make sort of a one new product that sort of sells us on Bungie as this independent property. But they might need the help of another publisher, another team or something Well, like that. I was going to subvert that all together and say, what do you guys think of the impact of crowdfunding and Kickstarter and stuff like that? Are they the kind of devs that can lean into that and be like, hey, all you old school Bungie fans, give us a tenner? Oh, they are, but I don't want I mean, I'd to. give them a tenner. I know, I'm, I don't yeah. like it. Maybe I wouldn't. I don't like it. Why not? Mm, because you can't go from making Destiny to going on Kickstarter, yeah. I'm sorry. The Shenmue devs did. Oh, they, the Shenmue devs did. They didn't make Destiny, even even if it did have bad Shenmue sales, was, was Sh- Shenmue 2 thing. was True. AAA, wasn't it? Yeah. Which one? Shenmue 2 was pretty Oh, yeah, God, yeah, that's yeah, one of the yeah. most opulent, over-the-top, budget-was-ridiculous yeah, games yeah, yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah. Um... Okay, you can't really compare it to that. <laughs> and, well, yeah, I guess in terms of like someone who clearly has funding, but leaning into yes. a fan base and getting the fan base to go forward with someone them. who yeah. is capable. Because that's the thing for me, it's more the, the precedent that would set. If yes. someone on the level of Bungie went to sort of crowdfunding mm. Kickstarter, then my god, like, that's more, maybe that's more of like a, a perception yeah. of what Kickstarter and crowdfunding is. Because we've seen Double Fine do it, and obviously yeah. they're—I don't even know what I would call them. They're not, certainly not AAA, but they're not indie either. But they have an indie mentality. Well, it's like before they're they were bought up by Microsoft. Mm. Obsidian in Exile, they all crowdfunded some of their most recent games. Yeah. And that was a really successful partnership and relationship mm-hmm. with the fans. But I I don't know if someone as big as Bungie for me doesn't Actually, quite fit that model. That's, yeah. that's a potential shout in terms of restoring goodwill. Then Obsidian went away from, uh, you know, went and did their own thing, did Pills of Eternity, and then came back to join Microsoft. And Pills of Eternity is amazing. True. Mm-hmm. So, like, it could be a thing where Bungie just take a step back. And because, I mean, you were reading uh, Jason Schreier's book, yeah. um, which is a few years old now, but dove into the development of Destiny. Yeah. And half of Bungie didn't even want to do another first-person shooter. That's why I said I think the next thing they do, because they've got Destiny, they've got their IP, that Mm. can be their sort of flagship first-person shooter franchise or whatever. Thing. And I think it's time (laughs) for them to do a different genre or something. They wanted to when they were, well, some of the team wanted to when they were going to make the original Destiny. Mm. It didn't quite pan out. Now's the time. Now's Mm -hmm. the time I think they can experiment and try... Maybe doing the maybe maybe crowdfund that I don't know maybe maybe do the double A sort of sort of space sort of move into that a little mm. bit while you still got this flagship um, title that can support this more risky adventure or something. Well, I mean, if I you know. go back, like Halo was originally third person, and I think originally it was like an RTS or something. Yes. And it gradually yeah, became yeah, yeah. first person because of what they did with Marathon. I think that was their first first person thing. Um, but yeah, I guess we got Halo Wars as well. Yeah, well, yeah, that was, I guess that was um, the Foundry or Ooh, something. what about something like go a, a spin-off, kind of like what Halo Wars did for Halo? <coughs> um, Excuse me. Obviously, I'm not, uh, I'm not 100% sure if, if Halo Wars was, uh, obviously it was Microsoft, mm-hmm. but um, I, I don't know who developed that. It wasn't um, Bungie, it, it was given no. us some like the foundation of the foundry or something um, but uh, or maybe the coalition something like that perhaps mm-hmm. with Destiny where it's still appealing to the core fan base so it's still guaranteed pretty much to succeed mm-hmm. but it's new innovative uh, different mm-hmm. I think you play on the law side of it here's my question to you yes. whatever they do next they're going to do a new Destiny but yes. the other projects they do are they 
going to just be the Destiny studio, do you think, like they were with Activision? I think, considering that the the literal reaction to them being told in their own meeting was, hey, we've managed to break away from Activision, their literal reaction was popping corks and celebrating. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't think they want to do Destiny for as, as long as they like need to. I think they will they want to satisfy the player base, and obviously they're invested in, yeah, in yeah. the lore and the franchise. Yeah. But I think the quicker they can get away from that, the better. Um, because, like I said, if you go back to those making of videos again, they're such a passionate little group of dudes. Um, <laughs> and I think that they're, they're like a naughty dog. They, they'll like have been bursting to do a million different things and they're just constantly being funneled down first person avenues yeah. they're avenues that they've picked over the years mm-hmm. um, but it'll be interesting to see if they can do something else uh, I was going to talk about an, a little bit about because um, when we were talking about like indie devs and like agency in the industry and stuff I can't think of any other studio that's like CD Projekt Red where they're fully like they have developer they're yeah. developing um, mandates or whatever and they publish mm-hmm. and they entirely have they have full artistic creativity on both sides I, is there anyone else like them? I guess Bethesda Softworks they're by Zenimax. So like ah. they they do they that's optics though because they totally come across like we're totally in control ah, and we develop and publish yeah, everything yeah. but they're owned by Zenimax um, and CDPR might have a mother company father company whatever you call it somewhere yeah but I don't think they do I'm sure they're entirely independent I'm but they're not, not thought of as an indie dev yeah at all ever since The Witcher especially since The Witcher three it's kind of like Rockstar in a way as well like yeah like, if you think of Rockstar as just this sort of powerhouse but mm. even they've got like a parent company they sort of presumably have to kind of take two to, yeah like, but I mean that, that's but then you, if you wrap that back around to the sorts of games they get to make like you look at Destiny and you can look at it and go this was this appears like a very corporately mandated this is a first person shooter very formulaic it'll sell but you look at something like Red Dead Redemption 2 and that mm-hmm. thing is so experimental with its tone and how it lays out its story and you can miss some of its most integral beats if you don't follow it the right way and like I kind of think of that Red Dead 2 as like the most expensive indie game ever because <laughs> they're so just what? we're going to make exactly this thing oh, yeah, and we don't care yeah. about making it like um, you know accessible mm-hmm. or whatever and so like maybe the core to making some of the best games is to separate from the publishers altogether or to separate from the money grubbing mentality or whatever I mean, that's, that's like a, the perfect thing on paper mm. I, I would like to think that works I, I, I don't know like I don't like <laughs> you said there, there just aren't many sort of developers like mm. this who don't sort of have anyone to answer to or whatever mm-hmm. like Obsidian used to be the kind of like this this great freelance guy that was who, why they went to Kickstarter yeah, they exactly, want to retain yeah. creative retain control it. but even they now are getting bought by Microsoft so yep. obviously there is something very beneficial in having that stability that I think of, of like a big publisher yeah. that does sort of no matter how, what, what avenue you come from it does produce better games mm. in a way because you're not you don't have the fear of oh my god if we don't get this game right we're gonna close <laughs> or whatever like you have the stability of okay we're getting funding mm. they we obviously have to take their notes or whatever but we can still make this game our own in a way I don't know well it's, no no that's true I mean nuance. you've got so much funding coming in you've got all the ad campaigns you have the, the brand recognition you have all the, the boost that you get from being like, oh we're a Capcom game whoever it is that's yeah. publishing um, but in terms of CDPR they literally just said we'll finish uh, Cyberpunk 2077 when we're ready yeah. we don't care there's no like well you know we obviously care but there's no particular date that we're trying to hit and that's what's better for the game itself um, do you see a future where like particular studios have IPs and they move away from the standard developer-publisher relationship Ooh, yes. in this lovely utopian you, vision you mentioned IO Interactive earlier on and yes. that's kind of what they've done in a way they mm. split from Square Enix and then they got Hitman I think they partnered with WB now but like they own that Hitman IP yeah and I th- they had to negotiate it away from Square Enix yes but, yeah, of course yeah yeah, yeah. but, but um I, th- I think so. Yes. I, I, like I mean, I, so. I like that in terms of preserving the artistic merit of it, but yeah. assumedly you have to have budgets that can facilitate yeah. those visions in the first place. Yeah, obviously passion projects are the best projects, but mm. with the current financial <laughs> state of entertainment, uh-huh. etc., 
yeah, you've also got to be, you know, smart about mm-hmm. it. So I think um, so far, and it'll probably not continue because most of the time, and if you like monitor like the history of the console wars and the way the industry's uh, the way the industry's gone, Sony and Microsoft tend to flip flop. At the minute, mm-hmm. Sony are prioritizing artistic integrity and whatever, do whatever you want, like God of War, Red Dead, Spidey, um, Days Gone, and Ghost of Tsushima, and all those different things. And I and they have just bought up Hideo Kojima, but it was like carte blanche, do whatever you want. Hence yeah. why Death Stranding looks insane. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so like if that was under an EA or an actor. Activision umbrella, you'd assume it would be more driven. Like, show show the fans the third-person combat. Show them whatever it's going to be. And so I wonder if Sony are the ones to, at the minute, they're leading the four on the artistic stuff first, and they're not being so money-grubby. And, you know, they're, they're letting Kojima space out his release date with Death Stranding as long as he needs, assumedly. Um, but that might flip around next generation. So I guess at the minute, it's kind of all up in the air. But something yeah. like the Bungie thing is fascinating. It is really exciting to see what they do with it. Yeah, it's exciting. I like the idea of an indie dev having a massive AAA IP and then yeah. just like, what would a tiny little, I don't know, artistically focused studio do with something that could potentially make them millions? And it's like, that's a weird little paradigm thing. It's going to be so exciting over the next few weeks just to see what what happens next. Yeah. Like if, because there's a part of me that really worries that we're giving Bungie themselves perhaps too much of the benefit of the doubt. And well, that's why I said about them messing up Destiny exactly, so much. Exactly, yeah, yeah, like, and maybe putting too much of Destiny's faults or whatever on Activision, mm. but I don't know, I guess it, part of it's, like, choosing good partners as well. Like you said, Hideo Kojima left Konami and went straight to Sony because he knew he'd get, like, the artistic freedom to mm-hmm. do what he wanted, and I think that's kind of why Microsoft have bought up all these really interesting, creatively inspired sort of smaller studios like mm. Obsidian in Exile. And said, take gonna, your time. Exactly, because I yeah. think they're going to push towards that same mentality into the next generation or whatever. So I think it's just about either choosing smart partners and not getting into bed with another Activision or, or EA, EA or whatever. Yeah. It all <laughs> striving oh out on the road. It is those two, though, it that, is, that it seem is. to really stifle creativity. I mean, EA have shut down more studios than they've released their new IP. Like, <laughs> wow. it's, you know, so over the last few years, especially. Yeah. I think either way, this can only be a good thing because if they stay and do their own thing, it's going to be great. Mm. And if they decide maybe to do a little thing with Microsoft, yeah. that would also be good, too, I think, in the long run. Little little Marty O'Donnell, just come back, yeah, because he's he's out in the wind somewhere. I thought you might have returned to Bungie, but I, I forget. But either way, I want a new whatever they do. Get Marty O'Donnell doing the music because the Halo music is the best music that anyone's now ever done. I remembered his name. I, I, I remembered it before. <laughs> I just thought it was Michael Giacchino, but he's the Lost Man. Yes. But not to worry. So this has been the What Culture Gaming podcast. Let us all know what you think down in the comments below. Find us on social media, and you can use the hashtag WCGP to keep in touch with anybody else you might want to talk to. What? Just you. I just want to talk to you all the time. Is that why you're pointing at me yeah, right now? that's why I've been in like, all the podcasts this week, because I just can't Yeah, John, you've done three in a row. This yeah. is this lovely, lovely I'm getting man. sick of myself, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but not to worry. So, yes, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Rachel Shackleton. Thank you so much for listening. And joined, of course, by Josh Brown. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to catch you guys next time. Happy We've stolen it. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 